0: And we are live once again with the Crossroads Music Podcast. Ooh, that was nice. That was really good, Eric. Nice. That was
1: getting better. It's only taken a couple years.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. So we are a music podcast. We stream here weekly on Twitch.tv/slash The Crossroads Music Podcast, uh, but we're also on Spotify, Apple Music, all those lovely places. Eric, we usually start off with this. What is your drink of choice for today?
1: So I had, I was contemplating two of them, but this one's the older one. So I figured I should probably drink this first, but it's a, an oatmeal session stout called Dark Side of the Moon by Moon Underwater Brewing. And so there's the label there. So you got little like dinosaur and astronaut on is the dark side of the moon. And it says, rich and chocolatey with a hint of sweet orange. A highly sessionable brew for those dark and dreary winter nights when all you want to do is curl up and pretend you're traveling the galaxy battling space dinosaurs. <laughs> That's exactly what it says, space dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, so this, this uh, company is out of Victoria, and uh, it's an oatmeal stout. So let's take a. Taste.
0: I feel like you've had another beer that was called dark side of the moon or maybe it was something similar
1: uh, it was fade to black i think it was that one
0: oh is it okay mm-hmm.
1: i still have how's, one of those in my fridge how's here. your
0: oatmeal beer
1: it's good it's interesting it, it's like a <clears throat> it actually tastes refreshing usually stouts are very yeah. like kind of just like full and you just get to like it's perfect for a cold night right Mm-hmm. And it's raining out here right now, like crazy, but uh, this is actually refreshing. Like I could probably have this on a day, and
0: it feels good. But... Nice, mm-hmm. chasing dragonflies. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Welcome to the chat. Um, Welcome. All right, Eric. Let's let's get this started. Um, what have you been listening to uh, this past week?
1: Uh, so this will this is gonna be funny. So I'll start okay. off with uh, I checked out uh, Scorpions' new album, Rock Believer. Um, okay, I'm by scared. the Scorpions. It's it. There's like the the intro songs, like the two first songs were like really good. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Okay. And then it was like it. Then it just it, it almost sounded like a Def Leppard.
0: <laughs> like it just <laughs> went into like.
1: I was like, okay, that's a little. It was a little bit disappointing, but but you know what? They're still making music, so good for them.
0: I don't know right. if the Scorpions should still be making music. They're pretty old. Uh, they
1: are old, and and you can tell. But the first couple of songs are pretty good. So if you're gonna check out the album, check out the first couple of songs. The rest is pretty, you know, forgettable. Okay. Essentially, um, I checked out a new band to me. Uh, they had an album out in 2015. But this album came out this year uh, by a band called Vicious Steel, uh, and the actual album's called Fuel Band. And this is like a like a good like I want to say it's like funky blues rock, funky like but blues just
0: rock. like okay.
1: almost with like a Black Keys kind of twist to it. But uh, they do a good job. Uh, love it. Uh, and then this one, which I found interesting, and this one has a little bit of a story. So uh, as we all know that there's conflict right now going on in the uh, the over across the pond as the British say <laughs> in uh, the Ukraine and Russia. So uh, someone at work brought up the fact that they saw a, uh, I guess it's like I don't we don't I don't know if it's real. I don't know it's probably a hundred percent, you know, uh, fake. But uh, okay. someone said that Steven Seagal no. is fighting for the Russian no. army. No,
0: stop <laughs> it! Stop it! So, <laughs> stop did you it. have you heard this? Have you heard I've this? I have not heard this, but I know. Okay. I know this is a just a meme he, joke on the internet. Uh,
1: yeah. So, so this is going. So then, of course, we did some research about Steven Seagal <laughs> last night, and we found out that he uh, he did move to Russia. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, and he's claimed Russian citizenship. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually last year <laughs> donated a bunch to a political party for the Kremlin, so so it like and and at 70 years old, but he's <laughs> Stephen Seagal, so that's like 25, right? That's 25 in here, he, his years because he probably has the same blood or or like you know, um, longevity of life as Chuck Norris does, so uh, essentially. We, we looked up, as we were looking up Steven Seagal, like, this does have something to do with music. So, not only is he a film star, Kim, but he's also a musician. So, of, of course, this intrigued me. So, you know, like, three in the morning last night, when you're hitting that wall asleep, I decided to download... Uh, one of the Steven Seagal's albums. And oh. he plays blues music, which is, is interesting. Like, this is like William
0: Shatner <laughs> or Hasselhoff but, doing music. It's so, ridiculous. So here's the thing.
1: So I listened to it preparing for the worst, right? I was like, <laughs> this is going to be god-awful probably. And he only has two albums. So the album I Thank downloaded, God. which is most recent, which was in 2006. So it's his most recent album. Um, and it's called Mojo Priest. Mojo Priest. And I have to say, Kemp, it's actually not a bad blues album. <laughs> I was very surprised. Like, it had just enough, and he has that just, it sounded like muddy waters, something like that. Like, and by far, I'm not saying it's, it's a, like, the best blues album ever, but I was, I was thoroughly surprised in how good it was for Steven Seagal. So, you have to check out Mojo Priest. Uh, with the single of the album called "Love Doctor," <laughs> <laughs> so so there Absolutely. you go.
0: So ridiculous! I'm never mm-hmm. gonna listen to Steven Seagal and his music.
1: No, no, you will because I'm gonna I'm gonna inundate you with tunes here.
0: <laughs> is it? This um, <laughs> is it all originals, covers.
1: Most of it's covers. Most okay. of it's covers, but there are a few originals on there, and and I have to say, it's actually not that bad. Like I give it a solid. Like, 6.5 <laughs> out of 10.
0: So, <laughs> I wonder if he actually wrote those songs or if he got, like, a ghostwriter to do those.
1: He probably did. But you know what? He's Steven Seagal. He has the same blood and DNA as Chuck Norris. Nor-
0: <sighs> Judo master. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And at the prime age of 70... He's, I, I solely believe he's fighting for the Russian army.
0: He's in the so, front lines. So they Someone the let this lines. old geezer on the front lines. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Absolutely ridiculous. Well, I guess you had an eventful listening experience this week. <laughs> I did.
1: I definitely did. But it was enjoyable. It was actually enjoyable. So.
0: <laughs> Chasing dragonflies is astounded that you give it a 6.5 yeah. out of 10. Mm-hmm. 6.5 out of 10. That's above average.
1: Mm-hmm. So. That's why I said, it's actually not a bad, it's not a bad blues album. So check <laughs> it out, Cam. You've got to check it out.
0: Uh, Steven Seagal. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> for me, I haven't been listening to too much, uh, but I did check out Avril's new album that came out uh, mm-hmm. Friday. I think it was Friday. I can't remember now, but uh, her new album is out. It's called Love Sucks. Um initially i thought it was a terrible album uh just like listening to it like from the first track onwards there's a lot of annoying things on this you know that that really strange avril levine song where she's like um she's like japanese or something or she's just like what's a song that avril <laughs> does that she's like it's like turning japanese but it's like her own version of it um i should really look this up hold on Japanese I'm not, uh, song
1: I'm not familiar with that song I probably am
0: <clears throat> if if you were to play it oh it's called hello kitty <laughs> I don't
1: think I've heard I've I know she has a song called hello kitty but I don't actually think I've heard
0: song hold on here's here is the uh the lyrics where's the chorus kawaii hello kitty hello kitty hello kitty you're so pretty hello kitty hello kitty he- hello kitty you're so silly That's the chorus of the song. (laughs) Anyways. Interesting. uh, In saying that, like a lot of the first half of this album is similar to like that annoying, I don't know, just like high-pitched like girl screaming for the most part. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's stuff that just annoys me to hell. So I was like, this album's not going to go well. Uh, But getting to the second half of the album there's actually some really good songs on this one um it's firmly in sort of this pop pop punk uh genre it's definitely still has some pop pop punk in it but it's very it's very pop leaning uh it's a lot more mm. pop than punk uh but the last song and i think the third last song are actually like really good tunes Uh, so pleasantly surprised with her latest album i still don't think it's a very good album but um, there are some good songs on it that are worth checking out uh but a lot of the stuff is like just annoying and she has one song on the album that's called avalanche but um like the chorus she's singing avalanche over and over again but she pronounces it wrong she pronounces it avalanche Avalanche. yeah avalanche that's what it is she's singing avalanche (laughs) the whole time and like did she turn French at some point? Like, I don't understand why you're pronouncing it. Like the whole song is in English. So I don't know why you're pronouncing this specific word. The wrong Avalanche. way. <laughs> it's craziness to me. Uh, so that was really annoying. But, um, yeah, I, I listened to that a few times, uh, but pretty much I just put it on repeat for the last few songs. Cause I couldn't take the first half of this album. Mm. Um, but that's not really the only new stuff I've been listening to. Um, other than that, nothing really worth noting. Fair enough. Um, um, I do actually
1: yeah. want to say I did watch. Uh, are you familiar with the show Hot Ones? Yes. I completely forgot to say it. So Dave Grohl was on it. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. I past saw the thumbnail.
0: Week. I d- never watched it, though.
1: Oh, it was. So have you watched Hot Ones before, like any yes, of the episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, he literally gets Sean Evans drunk, <laughs> he just gets him <laughs> so hammered. Like, so he brings this shot concoction called the I think it was called the Pantera, essentially, that he <laughs> okay. learned like it was like a shot mix that the band Pantera showed him how to mix oh, and, interesting. and pretty much they just, like after every question, they had a shot no. of this thing. And then so Sean Evans, by the end of the episode, was so hammered. That he was like, it was actually hilarious because you could hear the uh, like the film crew laughing their asses off because he was like, "I love you, Dave. Like you're the best." <laughs> it's so funny.
0: <laughs>
1: That's so good. It was pretty good. Like, uh oh, it was amazing because usually it's just like the art, it's concentrated on the artist getting like hit hard, right? And then yeah, this yeah. one, he was just, he just got so hammered. It was so <laughs> funny. You have to watch it. It's good.
0: That's great. Um, anyways, uh, let's move on today. Music history today is February 28th. Uh, not a lot has actually happened on this day, but a few notable things, uh, 1942 Rolling Stone's founding member and original leader, Brian Jones is born in England. Uh, he succumbs to the curse of 27 and passes away in 1969. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it is his birthday today. Right on. Uh, 1967, Pink Floyd get their first record deal signing with EMI Records, and they would produce eight albums worth of garbage until they got to Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> I still can't believe that, like, happened or was allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, eight I, albums. I, of- I,
1: yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, it takes taken eight albums to actually get like a successful (laughs)
0: like
1: platform essentially
0: (laughs) that's madness anyways uh 1970 led zeppelin perform in denmark as the knobs after eva von zeppelin a relative of the late airship designer ferdinand von zeppelin threatens to sue so uh i guess the the descendants of uh ferdinand von zeppelin wasn't happy that led zeppelin was using uh their family name so uh she threatened to sue them
1: that is amazing
0: actually i have no problem with that because led zeppelin are a bunch of thieves
1: i know it's just the irony in that though right yeah even their
0: name is (laughs) is freaking stolen it's ridiculous exactly they probably Uh, stole all their guitars too (laughs) 1983, U2 released their third album *War*, which contains Sun- *Sunday Bloody Sunday* and *New Year's Day*. It's their first album to sell a million copies in America.
1: I love those two songs. Those two songs are great. I can't remember what else is on that album. That's good.
0: Um, probably not a lot because this is still pre *Unforgettable Fire*. Uh, U2. Hmm. So like. The early stuff was very terrible, or there was maybe two songs on the album that was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and these were the two songs, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. Um. Moving along, 1995, Jewel releases her debut album, Pieces of You. Uh, That's actually a great album. If you, If you it just is. want good pop music, that's a great, great yeah. album. Good
1: songwriting, too. Yeah. Right? Like... I think that's the one with, uh, who would save your soul. I think that's on that album. That that is such a great written song. I love that song. Uh,
0: and then finally, February 28th, the last piece of news for today is 1998. Celine Dion's, my heart will go on from the movie. Titanic goes to number one in the U (laughs) S that song. (laughs) That's just so, so big. (laughs) Do you think that song would be as big if it wasn't for the movie Titanic? Like, if it was just a single. Do you think that song would still have staying power?
1: Oh, no. Yeah? No, I think Titanic definitely navigated it through the waters. Uh, Crashed into an iceberg. For (laughs) hit number one.
0: (laughs) I don't know, because, like, like remembering that song, I was like, this is it's a pretty good ballad so i wonder if it would do
1: well it is a good ballad but like i mean like here's the thing like I, a lot of people are gonna hate me for this okay because <laughs> <laughs> get that get that controversial yeah. counter ready i just think that like she's just overrated to the point where it's like like okay she's got a good voice don't get me wrong but I feel like <laughs> I, I just have this this feeling that like a lot of people in Canada know who obviously know Celine Dion and they know like some songs, but like name more songs off an album than than her hits. Right. Like I feel like she, she's just always constantly comes out with an album and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know this song because it plays on the radio over and over and over again. <laughs> and then it's like that's that's it. Right, She's that's the, it. Like, name something else on that album. Oh well, I don't like. I like, I like Celine Dion, but I I don't know any of her other stuff. <laughs> so you know, three songs by Celine Dion essentially.
0: Doesn't she have so, that Air Canada song?
1: Air Canada song. Yeah, yeah, she does. I Everybody what knows. It's called.
0: <laughs> but it's in the Air I mean, Canada commercials.
1: Well, well, exactly. Right. Like, like that's another. That's a good point too, <laughs> because she needs she needs modern day marketing to jump off of like soon she's gonna have like probably a tim hortons song she's gonna write a song for tim hortons and and then she, people are gonna be like oh yeah celine dion's great like the titanic air canada <laughs> tim hortons right like that's that is why she's famous
0: <laughs> i feel like it's <laughs> not true but okay Jason says, i never saw titanic and that is a fire song it holds up without the movie. yes
1: Yes, but I ask you, Chasing Dragonflies, you know it was from the movie Titanic, though, right? It's not like you listen to that song feeling like, oh, like my heart will go on off this. Op-. No, this is the Titanic song, <laughs> 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 right?
0: I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to think of a song by Celine that's like mm-hmm. really good. I can't think of one. You can't. You can't. <laughs> it's weird. Why can't I think of the
1: song? Because the other songs aren't put to a brand. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, so first He's of wondering. all, I have a question, because why did the controversial statement jump up to two? <laughs> because you said two things about Celine Dion. <laughs>
0: two things. <laughs> yeah, you said Celine Dion is overrated, and then you also said a minute later she needs modern day marketing to be known. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Uh, she'll have <laughs> her own Celine bits. Exactly. I feel like she would come out with like some sort of funky honey cruller donut <laughs> or something. Right? Because I feel like that's a bit more French. <laughs>
0: this, no, we, we don't need Celine bits. There's no kid out there who's like, I'm going to go get some donuts because Celine Dion endorses it. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not good marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did we get here? Oh, my heart will go on. <laughs> <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> right. I don't know. Heart... I ask
1: my girls that question every day. <laughs>
0: my heart will go on goes to number one in the U.S. today. Uh, a monster song, but yeah, yes, I don't know. and
1: And I have to say, regardless of what utter bullshit that's coming out of my mouth right now, that <laughs> is a really good song, and it's very well <laughs> written, so...
0: Uh, anyways, let's let's move on to the music news. Um, <laughs> I guess this past week, maybe it was Friday or Thursday, uh, the Foo Fighters Studio six 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 was released uh, in theaters. Um, and unfortunately, box office sales were quite disappointing. Uh, It did premiere on (laughs) 2,306 screens across, uh, I think, North America. It might be globally. Uh, So quite a decent amount of theaters. But it only grossed $1.6 million. Uh, Also, reviews are in, and the majority of them are average. Firmly average movie.
1: It's funny because he mentions this on on his Hot Ones interview. And, like, obviously, I don't think the movie was out at the time he did the interview, but he was saying how, like, he had no intention of it being, like, a big thing. He just kind of recorded the new album, got this idea because the house that they recorded was, like, a haunted. Like, it felt like there was some eerie presence in the house. And and he's like, you know would be cool? Like, he woke up one morning and it would be cool to just make, a like, a Thrasher movie and just, like, a ridiculous movie. So, the band was like, yeah, that would be actually hilarious. And then he said, the next thing you know, the producers and stuff were just throwing money at him. Like, yeah, like this movie's going to be huge. And he's like, really? I don't think so. <laughs> like, it's not like he wasn't expecting it to be like a big, like as big as it, the release is. He was mm-hmm. just going to kind of just do it for the fans. And in no way, I don't think he was thinking that this was going to make him money. <laughs> so, uh...
0: um, but yeah, I. I would go, I don't know if I'll go to the theater to check it out, but when it does come out on digital, uh, I'm probably yeah. going to watch it. I, like, I, don't, I I agree. I don't see a reason to go to the theater and watch this.
1: It's it's going to be like a pick of Destiny. Yes. Like, it's going to yeah. be like, it's not going to be like crazy good, but you know what it is and you know why it's made. <laughs> and that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> Funnily enough, I actually saw a pick of Destiny in theaters. It was not worth it going to the yeah, i did
1: i did too i absolutely did too and i thought it was funny and and i and i still love that movie but if i had to do it again i'd probably wait for the release
0: yeah i could have i could have just waited i did not have to see this Mm -hmm. (laughs) um moving on to other news uh Continuing the tradition of selling their music catalogs, uh, two more individuals have sold their music catalog. Uh, The first being country singer Jason Aldean has sold 90% of his catalog for just over $100 USD.
1: Jason Aldean. I mean, poor guy's had a bit of a rough career.
0: Did he? I actually have no idea who this person is, so you're going to have to enlighten me on who this person is.
1: so he's, he's a well-known in like the nineties country kind of rock scene that came like, I, I maybe I would, sh- I should say like two thousands. Like, I, I just feel like, yeah. you know, when you get like older and you're like, Oh, that movie came out like two years ago. And it ended up being like 10 years ago or something. So like, so he started off really well and he, he had like dirt road anthem, which is a huge country hit. Uh, he, he just had a lot of stuff. He had a song called Johnny cash, which was really good. Um, and I lo- I loved him, but then he got ridiculed because it's kind of like a weird thing in the country music where it was it's just like everybody's just like very family oriented in the country scene, right? right? So you don't get a lot of like... It's not like the rock star that's going off and mm-hmm. like picking up all these girls and sleeping with women all the time. It's very like portrayed as like this family, like welcoming.
0: Even though I feel like, like the country star is probably do that absolutely
1: (laughs) absolutely i i 100 agree with you but it's not perceived like that right Right. in media so like he i guess he his wife like he got caught cheating with like a bunch of women and stuff so then his career kind of tanked uh he's he started coming out with some albums and they're they were okay they're pretty decent but uh nothing like like it was when he first started so like i can kind of see him selling his catalog like he's not i wouldn't say he's that big but i could see him selling it because he's like oh i kind of
0: i kind of need it
1: so (laughs) like i really need it so
0: i'm the only reason i like put him on the list is because i was like 100 million dollars for a guy i've never heard of in my life so i was like Mm -hmm. eric probably knows this person if it's a hundred million dollars that someone's willing to buy uh yeah and and he
1: used to start off as a songwriter too so he's written songs for like artists like colt who is also like a huge mm. country artist I kind of mixed a bit of rap with country Which I, I don't really like But uh, I think Dirt Road Anthem Is probably the closest I would get to With rapping in a country song That I, that just feels normal Or somewhat normal to mm-hmm. you right. uh, But he does have some big hits Though for mm. sure
0: Maybe some of that was songwriting uh, For other artists Maybe that's what made up the, the majority of the money Mm-hmm. um and here's a big one um neil diamond has no sold his entire catalog for no. over 300 million usd oh my god
1: neil diamond
0: that's nuts oh. <laughs> jesus <laughs> 300 million for neil diamond I can't believe someone's I'm, willing to pay that much for his whole cow. Cal- I realize it's a lot of songs, but like,
1: <laughs> so I have a Sweet question Caroline, for you,
0: cal. That's it. Okay, yeah, go for it.
1: Do you think, like, speaking of that, what you just said, do you think that he's overrated?
0: Yes, of course. <laughs> what, like, what kind of artistic, like? contribution did he provide to music? like what is unique about him compared to any other crooner or any other like singer that existed in the history of music like what has he done to warrant 300 million dollars outside of sweet caroline
1: <laughs> i feel like he has more hits than than sweet caroline but i i'd have to 100 percent agree with you i think that song is way overplayed like everybody knows the lyrics because they sing it in the bar it's like a bar tune right but i just i just feel like it's like well i like i don't really <laughs> like why
0: <laughs> yeah i like i don't know i does he have like other songs i can't he's got like, yeah
1: he definitely does i can't think of them at the top of my head but Let's pull him up right now, ladies and gentlemen. Neil Diamond.
0: <laughs> Neil, I need, to, I need to see what his best songs are. Neil Diamond
1: Essentials. Okay. Uh, no, that's
0: Neil Young, not Neil Diamond. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Crack, cracklin' Rosie, Song Sung Blue, Longfellow Serenade, I've Been This Way Before, If You Know What I Mean, Desiree, You Don't Bring Me Flowers, I Know That Song, America, Yesterday's Song, and Heartlight none of this is all trash these are not worth anything
1: <laughs> it's so true it's <laughs> these so, are not like what are so these songs true. oh man this is funny like as a list i'm pulling up here a lot of them are covers
0: <laughs> yeah i've just listed all his number one hit singles oh, red all red the... wine is that him does he does he do that song Let me i don't see. think that's red, him wine.
1: I don't think it is either. I thought it was
0: um, reggae band. <laughs> Jason Fly says that's controversial too. Fine. All of Neil Diamond's yeah. it's number not, it's, one songs. U B forty are trash. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, UB forty. Yeah. I I don't know why not, none of these songs are worth anything. Like, what kid today is singing uh, America or whatever other song I just listed that's number one by him? Like, who knows these songs anymore? I I absolutely <laughs>
1: agree. And, and you know what? We should do one of these lists these days. But, uh, like, Sweet Caroline is definitely a song that will be on my list of never, ever will I ever cover. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> like even if even if they paid me money to stand there and play the guitar and not even sing the song, I would just sorry. I can't do it. Can't
0: do it. Okay, the- no but like here's here's the argument, right? Sting 300 million, Neil Young 300 million, right? They're they're sort of the comparables I, yeah. here. Like Sting Every Breath You Take versus Sweet Caroline, those even out. But after that, right? Like Sting has um, feels, so every feels, other song feels on. cold. Uh, he has yeah. what brand new day? Uh, <laughs> like it, it's crazy. Like, every police song that ever existed is like significantly better than Neil, Neil Diamond. <laughs> like,
1: uh, I absolutely, Desert agree. Rose. Like, I'm
0: sure people still know Desert Rose by Sting
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. it's like what it's just one of those people who are just over embellished as as an artist and then it's like when you actually look at it like what did you actually do i didn't do anything i i don't
0: i don't know what the fascination is with neil diamond to be honest Mm. i really don't
1: i i never understood it either
0: uh, Chasing Dragonflies does have a question for us. Do you think all these artists are selling their collections because people keep stealing their music and streaming services don't make them any money? Um,
1: I would, I would agree with the fact that streaming services definitely don't make them any money. Mm-hmm. I feel like definitely, and what's interesting, and I know I keep referencing this, but Dave Grohl mentioned this actually on Hot Ones. Like a lot of bands make music now from just live shows that's it Mm, live shows and merchandise and maybe uh, like album sales but predominantly they're making money through shows so uh essentially you can you have to write new music to keep people hooked but then it's like nowadays i just feel like you write you spend all this money making an album and you're gonna you're hoping to get the profits back not from album sales but through like concert tickets Mm -hmm. sold yeah but i don't know necessarily if people are stealing their music
0: yeah i feel like piracy is probably like way down uh just because Mm -hmm. like streaming services are just like so much easier uh yeah
1: and it's just people don't want to like it's so funny human being they don't want to waste their time downloading that's like because before you had to search yeah right and be like oh like there it is and then you download it Whereas now it's just like, I'll just pay 15 bucks a month and, and just download it for free.
0: Right. Yeah. The convenience of not having to like download a virus or downloading the wrong song and trying to organize that in your own library, like there, there's a cost people will pay to avoid that stuff. So I feel like stealing is probably like way down or it's like not really a significant factor. Um, But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Streaming services, like the royalties coming from that is nothing. But I think, so like, I I was trying to think about this, but like a lot of the artists that are selling their stuff right now, they're relatively old. So they only have a certain lifespan to go. So I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if they're just cashing out now because they figure they only have so many years to live, might as well just like make all the money and, and enjoy life. That seems like. The more Mm -hmm. like might be the yeah, and then you
1: you probably rather see that money go towards like your your future kin, essentially, right? Rather than just like, well, I'm gonna die soon anyway, so once I die, it's not you know, it's like I'm gonna be able to like someone's gonna be able to play the show for me (laughs) and be me essentially. Unless you're kiss, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you Um, hire people to continue on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Kiss goes on forever without (laughs) Gene and Paul. Um, Yeah. So I think it's, it's a combination of low streaming. Mm -hmm. Like they're not making any money off of this music uh, directly. Uh, They're getting old. So they're only going to get so much, you know, so many more years uh, from playing these songs uh so i feel like it's a bit of that um and these holders <laughs> yeah go for it.
1: it it's funny how these how it's changed to this though right like just like chasing dragonflies came up with this question right like we're, we're now in a world where musicians are selling their catalogs but before remember when we were younger kem and it yeah. was like musicians are terrified that People are pirating their music, and it's like, where will the music industry go now? Like, I feel like pirating music is not a thing anymore at all. Yeah. Like someone who says, "Oh, I go on the Pirate Bay." Remember the Pirate Bay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or like Kickass Torrents, like or Napster, like, LimeWire, and they're like, "Oh, I search for my songs." Ah. Like, I bet you, if you mentioned that, yeah, Cause ah, yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like. You mentioned this to people and they're like, what the hell is that? Like, I don't know. I just use Spotify.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. All these peer to peer, like downloading things are just like, it's non-existent. It's just the technology that doesn't, isn't used by the, the regular person anymore. It's yeah. Piracy is barely an issue. Um, at least mm-hmm. in like the Western first world country world mm-hmm. with internet access. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It's just wild because like growing up is just like always like artistic integrity, right? Don't sell mm-hmm. your don't sell your art to big corporations. And it's just like everyone's now doing it. It doesn't matter who who you are, no mm-hmm. matter how much artistic integrity you have. It's just whatever. Everyone has a price. It'll be,
1: Yeah. It, and it's going to be interesting to see where this goes too, Right. Because this is just the starting of this. I okay. feel like for a more bigger picture because it's like, are we going to be enter a world where it's going to be like marketing essentially as in like Apple or like Microsoft? Like, are we going to have like brands in music now that are just so like over embellished? Like, Oh, like these people are Apple musicians, right? Like, and they they <laughs> have to have the Apple logo. Like, you oh know what I mean? God, right? imagine. Just have corporate, corporate music companies. Like, like it's just, yeah, it's it's going to be I'm I'm very intrigued and fascinated of where this goes. For yeah, musician. if there's
0: like um like a Spotify artist label, Apple uh, artist label and if you're you're signed by that label, you're you're you only appearing pr- on their streaming service, oh that's going to be wild.
1: Yeah. I can oh, see it. It sounds wild. like it's going there though, right? Like because Cause yeah, yeah, they're selling these catalogs, but who are they selling them to? Like they've got to be selling them to some sort of company.
0: Yeah. But, oh, that's wild! What a what a world that's gonna be.
1: Mm. Mm. See, we're we're intelligent people on this podcast, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy
0: okay anyways uh last piece of news for you uh uh, sticking with the the streaming platforms spotify has now released their in-car hardware device in the u.s uh so it's basically a spotify device physical device that you install into your car and you're able to if you're a premium member to stream music to your car's audio system they have called it and this is the exact name of the device car thing Car thing, car thing. But
1: uh, uh, see, <laughs> yeah, regardless of the name, sorry, that <laughs> I had to process through my brain there. So car thing, that's an awful name. That is like the most terrible name in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, second of all, I, my biggest point is is doesn't your phone already do that? Like, isn't there Apple CarPlay and? Like uh, Android CarPlay, I'm assuming. I don't know if that's that's. I think this is like called, um.
0: But... I think this is like a Sirius FM type of thing where uh you're not using your data plan. It's like a, a direct link up to, to the satellite. So oh, like a Spotify the satellite! Satellite. I don't know if it's an actual uh satellite, but I think as long as you're a premium <laughs> member, you can stream directly without being connected to like the internet, essentially.
1: That's, hmm. But I feel
0: uh, so. Does anybody use Sirius FM, though, anymore? Uh, yeah, it's big. It's still big. Sirius FM still has uh, a lot of, like, unique... The, the people that use Sirius F, uh, XM is... Um, it's for, like, the specific shows. Like, Bob Dylan has a radio show on them. Um, hmm. There's a bunch of other people. Like, even... I think Howard Stern's still on there. He still has a show on there. Um But Mm. they they have like a very specific programming lineup uh, and they have a decent amount of listeners or subscribers uh, to Mm. to finance all of that. So um, but yeah, it it sounds like this car thing is like Spotify's, Spotify's version of that. Interesting.
1: That'd be interesting. So like it's an actual device that plugs into the car.
0: Yeah, I think you install it. It's probably like where the CD slot used to be. Gotcha.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Uh, that is in- I don't know. Do you think that's going to be successful? Just based off the fact that like, because again, like I, I use Apple Music. I use podcasts and stuff for stuff that I listen to like Apple Podcasts. But so I don't predominantly listen to my music in the car, essentially you know connecting to bluetooth and the vehicles and at work but do you think that this is gonna beat out sirius f sirius no. x fm because like i feel like they've already have that established yeah like lineup We've, right so
0: i i think you, they're going to have a hard time convincing someone to i think this thing's like 100 usd or something like like that i think wow. you're gonna have a hard time convincing consumers to go out and one buy this product and then to hire someone to install it in their car if spotify somehow gets the major car manufacturers to have it built in already like Sirius xfm already has their stuff in all the cars mm-hmm. like it's art it already comes with new cars with most of the major manufacturers but if spotify is able to get that in place then then you can make an argument that they might take over uh but i think they're gonna have a hard time convincing the average consumer to actually Mm. like there can't be that many people who are dying to have this and going out of their way to like pay for the product then hire someone to install it in their car
1: Mm. yeah no that's a good point
0: yeah, it has to come from the manufacturer already built in or an upgrade mm-hmm. option from the manufacturer. I think that's the only way they're going to gain market value or market share. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chasing Dragonfly says it's kind of sick because there are so many places where the cell service is bad. Yeah, I, th- I think in principle, having having Spotify mm-hmm. already built into your car and have access to it without like paying for like internet access, separate internet access is great. Uh, it's just a matter mm. of I don't think people are going to go out of their way and get this.
1: Hey, I would agree. And I don't like this won't affect us, Cam, because I feel like we're the only ones that probably use CDs still in our car because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was listening to CD like so you have the fucking <laughs> big binder and you're just, what do I want to listen to today? <laughs> but But yeah, that's going to be a hard sell. Okay. Like again, I don't have any information because I don't have SiriusXM and I don't have a need. But that'll be that'll be interesting to see if it does good. Obviously, Spotify believes in it if they're gonna come up with this. I feel like they need to change the name though. Car thing. Car thing. <laughs>
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's keep this rolling. A very uh, yes. enlightened conversation. Uh, but Absolutely. let's go on to a, a completely different plane that we currently are at, you know, our intellectual yes. levels here right now. But we're going to go one step higher because what we're going to be trying to talk about today is uh, Bjork's album, Homogenic. Uh,
1: and to that, I say... i need another beer for this one
0: all right here we go uh homogenic is the third studio album by icelandic artist bjork it was released on september 20th 1997 uh this album was originally uh, being created at her home in london but but she relocated to spain due to an attempted murder attempt by a stalker uh in london So they had to move uh, the the writing, recording, production process to Spain. Uh, Upon its release, Homogenic received widespread critical acclaim. It topped the Icelandic album charts. Uh, It peaked at 28 on the US Billboard 200 and number four on the UK album charts. Uh, The album itself is commonly described as electronic, trip-hop, art-pop, glitch, and experimental. To this day... Homogenic has continued to receive critical acclaim being listed among the best albums of its era and genre by numerous critics. Uh, In some examples, All Music gave it a 5 out of 5 stars. Pitchfork, no surprise here, gave it a 10 out of 10. Spin Magazine, 5 out of 5 stars. Rolling Stone Magazine currently ranks this album at 202 on its 500 greatest albums of all time. Uh, And just as an aside, fun fact for this, uh, Wu-Tang Clan... Almost contributed to the production of Homogenic, but were unable due to their production on their own album, Wu-Tang Forever. They had scheduling conflicts, so we could have had a Wu-Tang Clan Bjork collaboration, uh, but that did is, not happen. Is that the,
1: that's the excuse they gave then?
0: <laughs> essentially. <laughs> maybe uh all right eric this is gonna be a crazy discussion about this album because i still don't know how i feel about it after listening to it for a week but let's uh let's unpack our emotions on this one your first thoughts about this album or your first thoughts about uh, this whole experience i want to call it so
1: i mean so i'm not per se into bjork i've heard maybe two songs by them and actually none of them were on this album i think uh one of the songs like uh something army or something like that what the hell is it called uh army song. of me that's mm. yeah mm-hmm. i remember that song so i was a, i honestly was a bit like i'm gonna hate this album i'm absolutely gonna hate it like it's like look at the cover like it looks like like prince like Prada- padme
0: from fucking star wars right (laughs) Uh, queen amadella that's the one i was going for yeah i never realized but yes now that you mentioned it yep
1: so uh so i started listening to it and i actually i I was listening to it on some decent speakers and i was kind of just cleaning up around the house and uh the hunter or hunter is the first song yeah and i was actually like this is actually not a bad song like i i thought it was well put together i, I was like i was very excited because i was like you know what maybe this is actually gonna blow my <laughs> blow me out of the water before
0: before you continue was that at like minute two or minute three like midway through the song once the bridge kicks in that's when you realized that or was it just from the first note
1: i i would say it was from the build-up at, at definitely the build-up got me because at first i was like okay like okay it's going to have like that electronic feel to it. And then then it kind of just started building up just really well. Like the layers yeah. of it all was was good. And I was like this is actually a cool song. I actually kind of like it. Um and then and then it kind of went downhill a bit there. <laughs> okay. Like like the thing like I I am in the same boat as you, I feel. like. I, I don't know how I feel about this album because there are parts of this album that I really enjoyed but then there are parts of like that same song that I really enjoyed that I absolutely can't couldn't stand <laughs> and <laughs> and just wanted to like I don't know whether or not it was her voice like at some some part, parts but like some parts it fit the song right so I I don't know I I felt like the the only song that I liked 100% on this album was Hunter okay which first was track. the very yeah. very first track Granted, I really liked a lot of the string arrangements mm-hmm. in the songs. I felt like it the way that it was embellished and what the electri- like the I guess synthesizers and all that was was well done. And then you have that just like kind of synthesized drums playing over. I thought was good, but then I, I just felt some of the structures of the songs, like like s- certain songs, I really liked the chorus, and then other songs, like I I couldn't stand the verse right like like there was not one song where I, I just i had a major problem with but then i also liked something about the song you know mm-hmm. what i mean
0: yeah yeah I, I get where you're coming from um and like I'm, i feel like yeah. i just feel like i'm confused <laughs> 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 essentially yeah i sort of have that same feeling mm-hmm. to be honest um i i sort of was in the same boat as you i went into this thinking uh eh, Bjork is such a, it's all the hipsters who like Bjork. There is, I feel like it's a lot of just hype, like just artistry hype because it's like weird and experimental and all that. So I was listening to Hunter for the first time and I was like, okay, this is sort of what I'm expecting, a bit electronic, a bit uh, atmospheric, blah, blah, blah. And the bridge kicks in where like the song starts off very minor dissonance Right? it's not a it's not a catchy song right it's it's a song that you're not going to be tapping your foot to at all uh, but then the bridge kicks in and I had to rewind like this that part because I was like how did you do this I was just like it was one of those moments where I was like this is genius like how how did you mm-hmm. how did you go from this section of the song to this crazy bridge that, is so melodic and is so layered. Like, how did you make this transition? I was just, like, amazed at w- what was happening there. So I was like, okay, this I feel like maybe is not all hype. Um, and this might be an interesting journey. Going through the rest of the album, I think I think a week of listening to this album does this album disservice, I think. Because... Mm-hmm. Clearly, this album has a lot of really good production on it. Like the the arrangements of the strings and the synthesizers and the drums and all that. It's wonderfully done. It you hear everything. If you focus on a certain section, you can definitely hear it. There's nothing that's like buried in the mix. Um, but I think the lyrical content of this album is, I think, might be the strongest point of this album. And to sort of deep dive into an album where the lyrical content is the most important thing of the album, I think a week isn't enough time to actually give a proper critique of this album. If you know what I mean, like you sort of need to really get into the mind of the artist and understand what she's like singing about, um, Mm -hmm. for an Mm -hmm. album like this. So putting the lyrical content aside, just from like a musical standpoint, I think definitely recording wise production wise like this it's a really great sounding album but i feel like from a casual listener perspective it's going it's a tough sell i found myself sort of just like not paying attention midway through this album and then something happens and i my ears perk up and i start paying attention again but there's a lot of sections in in on this album that's like two minutes, three minutes. I just like, it's forgettable, right? It's Mm -hmm. sort of the same old electronic thing. And I'm sort of okay with it in terms of an album perspective, because like, very clearly she was going for a specific sound. It very much sounds like she's in Iceland, even though she recorded this in Spain, but it's, it's a very cold sounding album. It's very, Mm -hmm. and that sort of leans towards the synthesizers and the electronic drums and, and all that. It's a very cold sounding album, very minor, very dissonant. Um, And it continues that theme throughout the whole album. So, I'm sort of in the same boat as you. I'm a bit confused by this album. There are definitely parts mm-hmm. where I'm just like, this is a freaking masterpiece. And then there's part of the album I'm just like, I forgot what just happened. It's... You make... Yeah. That's... It. <laughs> I agree with you.
1: And I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, the lyrical content is really good because for songs such as... uh Yoga, or I'm assuming it's yo- yoga because yeah. J's oh, yeah. are pronounced as wise. Yeah. But um, I just felt like like chorus. I couldn't stand it when she was singing it, but then when you actually listen to the lyrics, like it's like this is actually like a oh, well. Like the lyrics are really well written, very introspective. Right? Yeah. Very. That's a perfect word for it. Yeah. And I I just felt like my like listening to the lyric like like you said like there'd be parts where like you'd be listening to it and it's easily forgettable. And then sometimes you you kinda tune in on the next listen and you're just like, I didn't pick that up before, but that's like actually pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. Like I feel like the more I listen to it, the more things I point out that I actually are liking about this album. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Like like yeah. I and I just have to say, like, I feel like for this album too, Hunter is a perfect opener. I wouldn't have picked any other mm-hmm. song to open this album because uh the one thing I love about, first of all, I'm a really huge Viking. Like I love Vikings, like the whole Norse mythology. If anybody have seen the Viking show, uh, the theme song for that show is the song called uh, "If I Had a Heart" by Fever Ray, which is kind of an electronic kind of sounding song. But it kind of reminded me of something like that, very dark and cold and just isolated, kind of like what Iceland is, essentially, right? Yeah. But so, so you really get that. That feel of Iceland from this album, but I don't i I don't know I feel like she's a good songwriter, but is she a good like do you mm. think she's a good vocalist?
0: No no <laughs> It's like asking me if Kirk Cobain's a good vocalist It's no, right but like, songwriting. Yeah, like fabulous, genius-level songwriter. But from a performance perspective, it's it's pure. She is relying purely on authenticity and pure emotion and power, mm. much like Kurt Cobain. Right? There's no, there's no technique. There's no. There's no like. There's no actual talent in terms of performance. Right? It's just purely mm-hmm. on raw yeah. emotion which it worked for Kirk Cobain and it works in this case too, right? Like mm-hmm. just because you can't sing or you can't play the guitar doesn't mean you can't be an artist. So yeah, but short answer is no. I don't think she can sing, but I don't think it matters. I agree. All right, Eric, final thoughts, ratings. <laughs> I don't know what... What we're going to give this, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Like, I'm so, like, undecided about this. But it has... I I will have to say this. It has intrigued me to listen to other stuff by Bjork.
0: Oh. Just to
1: see... Just to see, kind of... Just to compare, like, is this album standalone differently from anything else that she's created?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Because... Because again, like every time I take a listen to this, there's something that I like or I, I'm starting to understand about this album. That when I first listened to it, to be honest, like the hunter definitely drew me in. I was like, you know what? I think I might be wrong, about New York. <laughs> and then, and then it just started like like I, I would say the weakest song on this album is probably Yoga or Yoga, because I, I just couldn't stand like i felt like the instrumental stuff were perfect but then the melody line of her vocals and just the way she sings it i feel like just really kills the song mm. like really murders it essentially <laughs> but but then there was other songs that are on here that are like pretty like when i first listened to i thought it was terrible like bachelorette i thought that was an awful song and then i listened to it again and i'm like oh maybe i was wrong about this yeah. <laughs> a bit yeah. right uh, like so i mean I don't know what I'm gonna give this. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'll, what I'm I'll going give, give my this rating
0: to. first, and then yeah, you, you give
1: your rating first.
0: So <laughs> I am surprisingly giving this a nine point five out of ten. Wow, really? Yeah, a 9.5. Because 5. I don't wow. personally, I did not overall enjoy this album myself. But when I'm like thinking about this album and really trying to pinpoint. Wow. I'm trying to pinpoint, like, what would I change? Like, what would I do to make this better? A new vocalist. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I would change on this album. Interesting. I think, as a standalone artistic expression, like a piece of art that music is, uh, there's nothing I would actually change on this album. There's just it's mm-hmm. the way it is is probably the perfect representation of what she was trying to convey, and uh, there really isn't anything I can really like record it better. I don't think it could be recorded better. Like maybe have a bit more catchy chorus, but then I I feel like that might kill the overall vibe of this whole album. If it suddenly went into happy chorus that was really catchy. Mm. I feel like the album wouldn't be as balanced as it is today because like Mm. if track six was suddenly like this crazy, like really catchy chorus that everyone sings to, then you sort of forget about all the other tracks on this album and it just becomes completely unbalanced as an album. So I have to give it a 9.5 out of 10 because Mm. I think it is pretty much perfect as as it stands. I I wouldn't change it, even if it's not my style of music. Like Okay. Even though I didn't completely enjoy mm-hmm.
1: it. It's, it's funny because you're swaying me to give it a higher rating than what I was going <laughs> to give it. Because I was going to give it a 7, but I think I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah. And the reason I'm giving it an 8, now that you say that, because I, I would have to agree. The more you listen to this album, like we've said... The more you pick things out that you kind of are trying to intrigue to. It's almost like mm-hmm. when you listen to something or watch something for the first time, you're like, that was insane, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Inception, that movie or whatever, yep. right? Like, like, oh my God. But then, like, once you, okay, yeah, you know what happens, right? But this is like kind of like, it, it's almost like an onion. Like, you just get the, all these layers that you just keep discovering new things, and you're just like, oh, I never, I didn't hear that before when I listened to it. But I'm giving it an 8 to where it loses points. Where I feel like any listener, any casual listener, is definitely not going to appeal to this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to listen to this once and then, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, like that's not, this is not going to be, you're not going to enjoy the experience. Yeah. This is definitely something you have to listen to. Over, and over unless you're very like intelligent and like a genius and you can just listen to something for the first time and retain everything that's presenting it <laughs> yeah. but uh essentially yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten because at first again i was very surprised i was very and that's why i think i'm intrigued to listen to more of what bjork has to offer just yeah. because of how much this surprised me
0: yeah yeah this is this is a crazy album. like I honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know what what I listen to. It's brand new, but <laughs> brand new to me anyways. but like it's a wild this is a wild mm-hmm. album. All right, yeah, Chasing Dragonflies is completely stunned that I gave it nine point five. Uh, but I
1: think we broke broke the mainframe. <laughs> yeah,
0: but anyways, that was our review of Homogenic by Bjork. Uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, the album that we will be listening to and reviewing uh, for next week will be Redheaded Stranger by Willie Nelson.
1: Completely one eighty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so that should be fun. Um, this has a lot of surprising backstory to it, so uh, really excited to, to listen to this for next week. Uh, but let's let's move along. Mixtape battle. Ah uh, yes. All right. So Conqueror himself. Unfortunately, Eric got the the topic of Genghis Khan last week. So, Eric, you now have to provide us with a three-song Ultimate Mixtape based on the topic, Genghis Khan. (laughs) So, here we go. Let's see what you got. Uh, So,
1: it's funny because I was actually very terrified of this topic because I was like, I don't think there's going to be much about Genghis Khan. But I was actually surprised because when you deep down listen to it, like, there's a lot of throat singing songs I could have chosen. But I felt like if I chose those, a lot of people in the audience wouldn't appreciate it because it was in a completely different language, one that I can't even pronounce. The words probably... <laughs> I have no idea what the meaning was of each song. So uh, instead, I kind of did a bit of a mainstream version of Genghis Khan to the masses. So okay. at number one, this is the, the, the most in- I feel like this band would be just big. This is like the ABBA of of Germany or essentially Europe. So the but actual band ABBA is, called, is
0: from Europe. What are you talking? About?
1: Well, yeah, well, I don't believe they're from Europe. I think they're just uh, sent here from a different planet to terrorize us. But that's a completely <laughs> other story. <laughs> just ignore that. And uh, so this band is from Germany. And I I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, so all our German fans out there can can correct me. Uh it's called Destingus Khan. <laughs> That's the band, and they actually have a title song. And it's a German song about Genghis Khan. Now what's funny about this song, if people want like a comparison to what this would sound like, so everybody probably knows the song Resputin. Yes. It's it's pretty much like
0: that song. Oh my god. So it's like a biography of Genghis Khan essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do they sing in German or do they sing in English? They
1: sing they
0: sing in German. So it's a German <laughs> biography of Genghis of uh, Khan. Genghis Khan.
1: But as the Germans call it, just Genghis Khan."
0: <laughs> so oh my god okay this is a great way to open up your mixtape and
1: it's funny because these guys look like just a group of gypsies essentially (laughs) at number two which a lot of people will know this song and i actually forgot it existed uh, but i remember it playing on the radio all the time but it is from mike snow genghis khan that is what the song is about
0: I don't know any... Mike Snow? Mike Snow? You've never heard this song? Mike Snow? Who the heck is Mike Snow?
1: Mike Snow. Uh, so it's that song, I get a little bit of Genghis Khan. I don't want get, to get it on. You know that song?
0: Nope. Okay, I don't anyways, know. it's a
1: popular hit. I think it's a love ballad, essentially, uh, but it, it's it's a pretty famous song. I'm sure if you listen to it, you'll recognize the chorus at least. Because at first I'm like, "What the hell is this song?" And then when the chorus kicked in, I was like,
0: "Oh yeah, this song! I remember it being on the radio." Mike Snow is a Swedish indie pop band formed in 2007.
1: <laughs> there you go. I don't know who uh, this is. So, anyways, finally,
0: That's so funny. we have
1: another self-titled song. Chasing so Dragon all Flies these songs are says actually, that song is
0: fire. So
1: yeah. So you, so, <clears throat> Chasing Dragonflies knows what I'm talking about. I'm I'm hip with the kids here, everybody. Uh, so. Again, so Genghis Khan, which is Genghis Khan in German. Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. And finally, the song self-titled Genghis Khan by Iron Maiden to close it off. (laughs) (laughs) So, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh,
0: my God. I feel like this isn't even a good song by Iron Maiden. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But... (laughs) It is about Genghis Khan. What album is this <laughs> off of? Oh, it's off of Killers. Okay, yeah this <laughs> this is pre Bruce Dickinson. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, no, I like it. This is crazy. This is insane. This
1: mixtape. Yeah, it wasn't insane. Like I, you should have seen the throat singing songs I was listening
0: to. Like
1: those are so Those are so cool. Like those <laughs> are so cool. I think that the just the sound sounds so sick
0: yeah
1: right just yeah. like it's so awesome yeah. and then then it's funny because then you go kind of in this like it's almost like you fall this fall into this rabbit hole of throat singing and then you get into like metal throat singing mm-hmm. which is the whole genre yeah. which I didn't even realize existed
0: but it does yeah. <laughs> oh. uh all right Eric very good mixtape I love this this is so funny I can't believe you actually yeah. did it
1: <clears throat> yeah you gotta you gotta listen to distinct distinct Dis Genghis Kong
0: by Dis Genghis
1: Kong. It's it's
0: pretty hilarious. Germans. Uh, All right, here we go. Once I click this button, three topics will will appear. Eric will choose one, and I will have to make you a mixtape. So here we go. What?
1: Oh, my God. This is amazing, everybody.
0: (laughs) What is that word? Despotism despotism i don't even know what the definition of that is yeah. des- we're not we're not english
1: majors on this show ladies and gentlemen i don't so know what that means give us a second to uh, while out you look this that means.
0: up same-sex marriage and then holistic approach these are all terrible topics okay so des- despotism is the excess
1: or exercise of absolute power especially <laughs> in a cruel and oppressive way kind of what's happening in the world right now just the poor shadow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, Eric? That I don't, sucks. Thank I God it's not my week, everybody. I, I don't know what to do with any of these. So you pick what you want, and I have no, I have no opinion despotism. on any three of these.
1: Oh, holistic approach. I feel like you could do something with despotism absolutely you could do something with that. we just didn't know what that word means because we're not like smart <laughs> essentially <laughs> uh and then we have holistic approach which i feel like it's like you know like nature and like you know rubbing coconut oil on your on your wound to prevent tinnitus or whatever or tetanus i should say see we're not smart or I'm at least I'm not. <laughs> and same-sex marriage is a whole other ball game. Here, Uh what do you, what do you think? Chasing dragonflies, seeing how the active chatter in the chat box here. I have. I kind of leaning towards holistic approach. Same-sex marriage. You have a lot of love songs to choose from. That's very true. I feel like you can definitely do something with these three. Hmm. Okay, chasing and jack flies. Let's do this. We're doing same-sex
0: marriage. Same-sex marriage. Oh great. Boom. Wonderful. I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but we'll see what I <laughs> think. All right, same-sex marriage it is. That'll be our our topic uh for next week. All right. Let's do our last segment and let's close this off. So, we have <laughs> a thief or not a thief this week. It will be between uh, oh, I fucked up the names on the uh, on the screen. Um, oh, Sunny Boy Wills. <laughs> Williams, should, I, should I fix this? Oh. I feel like I should fix this. Um, I, I believe you should. <laughs> no scrubs. Not, no, definitely not. No scrubs. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to fix this. Uh, Pat Boone versus uh, versus the uh, State, one and no. only. Elton John.
1: No, I don't want to
0: give you mine, no, (laughs) I don't want to meet you. (laughs) There you go. That's all fixed. Okay, so uh, we have "Speedy Gonzales" by Pat Boone, or at least a singer uh, for the song, uh, versus "Crocodile Rock" by Elton John. So, "Speedy Gonzales" is a song written in 1961. Uh, It was written by Buddy. Uh, Key, Ethel Lee And David Hess uh, And the song is about Speedy Gonzalez, The fastest mouse in all of Mexico The song would then be popularized by Pat Boone in 1962. The song would peak at number six on Billboard Hot 100 and stay there for 13 weeks. It would also sell one million copies in Europe alone. The song would also incorporate Mel Blanc's voice for Speedy Gonzalez of the Warner Brothers cartoon. Warner Bros. Pictures would then sue Pat Boone for $850,000 over unauthorized use of Speedy's voice. The case was later dropped... Uh, The results of that lawsuit was never uh, published. Now, Crocodile Rock was released on October 27, 1972 in the UK and is a song written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. It would be Elton's first U.S. number one single and would go on to be certified platinum. In 1974, a lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court of Los Angeles by Donald Bartnett on behalf of Speedy Gonzalez composer Buddy Key. It alleged that defendants John and Toppin illegally incorporated chords from Speedy Gonzalez," including the falsetto tone in the chorus. The parties would reach a settlement outside of court, and the case was then dismissed. Uh, the actual financial terms uh, were never discussed or published, and uh, no writing credits were given either way. In a 1995 reissue of the album Don't Shoot Me, uh, which is the uh, initial album that uh, Crocodile Rock showed up, up on, Elton John would be quoted as saying about the song, I wanted it to be a record about all the things I grew up with. Of course it's a ripoff. It's derivative in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So we've got Speedy Gonzales versus Crocodile Rock. Um, Eric, your thoughts between the two of them.
1: So, when I listen to both these songs, I'm a huge fan of Crocodile Rock. That's probably one of my favorite Elton John songs. I love it. I think it's fun it's It's a great tune. I always sing it uh, and passionately, like I'm like that passionate guy that goes crazy. But, um, when I listen to Pat Boone's song, like i I can understand the similarities between the songs. There's definitely similarities in chord progression. But then, if you really think about it, and a lot of people are probably gonna listen to the Led Zeppelin one and the Sonny Williamson episode last week and say, "Well, Eric, you say it's the same progression." So technically, I'm like, but the difference is, is it's the same song, <laughs> and they didn't pay like tribute to the other band. Whereas I feel like it's slight, it's different enough that it could set aside because if you listen to any of this style of music per se in the chord actual progressions like it's it's like a blues it's like mm-hmm. a 12 bar blues essentially yep. right so I feel like every <laughs> then then you'd have to say every blues musician like is against every blues musician but the difference is is that they bring their own element as an artist to that blues progression that's different and sets aside from the other songs. So, I feel like this definitely isn't a thief. I I don't understand how Crocodile Rock is because it's it's the same kind of 12-bar
0: blues I, progression. I definitely agree with you on the the progression uh because like how do you how do you copyright a chord progression? That's absolutely ridiculous. Um it's very similar, no doubt about mm. that, but um in terms of like the chord progression, I don't like whatever that's that's not an issue for me i think i have issue with the falsetto uh chorus though it's pretty similar there's like one note difference uh, in there it's like it's a song it's a song in the same genre that's sort of like you know has the same feel but the problem is like that falsetto chorus it's pretty close
1: (laughs) yeah and and that's true that is very very true but I feel like the songs are still different <laughs> enough to, to justify it being its own entity. because like definitely like that's, that's the hit of the chorus, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like like most blue song, blues songs, blue songs, sorry, da da no. don't right Like how many, how many blue songs are like that with the same kind of vocal style? But I
0: feel but, like the. La 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 la, 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 la. I, I don't yeah. think that's very common. Like, that's not a staple of. Yeah. The Stella music, I, I have a hard time with that specific chorus. Interesting. Cause it's very unique. Because I don't, I don't, <laughs>
1: because I feel, I feel like, you're almost ah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely sounds the same. 100% <laughs> that part sounds the same. But, but I feel like it's different enough because Elton John gives his own flair mm. to, the, to the style of that song, right? Yeah. Because uh, like, like any blues musician or any like rockabilly, I guess you could say, essentially, th- they all have their unique trait that they add to it, but they're obviously taking from other people that they've heard in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. 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 Right. I agree with you there. So All right. let's let's just do this. Thief or not a thief, Eric? Is Elton I'm gonna John... say not a thief. <laughs> no, not a thief. Not a thief. Not a thief. I I don't know. For me, I think that course is just too similar. <laughs> I have no problem with the cor- the chord progression. Like whatever, that's non-issue for me. I think the combination of genre mood and having a very strange falsetto chorus with this, almost the same melody in there that's that's a bit suspect for me um i get that it the crocodile rock is like a bit of a throwback to that style of music but i don't know mm. i don't know about this one so i'm going to say a thief a oh, thief one. well just for just for
1: you know the viewers sakes i'm gonna say not a thief <laughs> because because of the reasons i have explained but but there you go ladies and gentlemen it's okay chasing so dragonflies is on the
0: fence also so on the fence it
1: it definitely is like there is an argument for both mm-hmm. sides mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah
0: all so, right who did it better
1: i gotta go with my boy elton john
0: yeah i'm definitely going with crocodile rock elton john yeah this Speedy Gonzalez song is slightly—it's ra- <laughs> slightly racist. I, I was gonna say the same thing. It's slightly racist. Like they got uh, like he's trying to get a burrito or something in the uh, song.
1: George, hey, man man <laughs> whatever like, he says. it's like,
0: slightly yeah. racist. It's messed up. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's actually
1: hilarious. <laughs> I, I was like, what the hell is going on? But. But, uh, but yes, Elton John definitely <laughs> does it better. I I feel like just yeah. it's just such a classic Elton John song.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's the Fernando Steve.
1: Just for a quick anecdote before we close this off, I remember working at my last post, and we a drunk guy, and we we're bringing him to cells, and he was he was just like ridiculous. He wasn't violent. He's very like whatever. And my partner had the radio playing and crocodile rock came on and the guy was singing it in the back of the car. (laughs) (laughs) And then so my partner was singing it with him. It was, it was pretty funny,
0: but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Uh, all right. Controversial statements for this, uh, this episode for a lot, this episode. Yeah. (sighs) Number one, Celine Dion is overrated. Number two, in reference to Celine Dion again, (laughs) she needs modern day marketing to be known. three i love that one uh, what has neil diamond con- contributed to music and number four all of neil diamond's number one songs are trash
1: yes we'll look at that wonderful maybe we'll get another
0: hate letter from, oh yeah maybe we'll get from, another fan mail for, for this. From fan mail hate <laughs> letter. i choose to call it fan mail because uh it's no hate right? yeah
1: yeah well no yeah there is no hate here it's all it's all fandom yeah like and the the best part about that too is being able to reference an episode that happened like months and months ago (laughs) (laughs) so that's a true fan right there that's a true fan (laughs) uh
0: all right perfect thanks everyone for tuning in this week uh this was fun it was a very confusing episode i don't know what happened. yes Uh, Bjork is just, I I don't know what the definition of that is but uh, we're here uh, every single week on Monday at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast 10pm EST, 7pm PST, Uh, we're on Spotify Apple Music, all those places Uh, come join the discord come join the live chat all that stuff, it's always a fun time Uh, Eric, any closing words before we end this? Live long and prosper. Perfect. Thanks, everyone, for (laughs) tuning in. We'll catch you all next time.
1: Peace.